Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another My Angular Story. This week, we're talking to Torger Helgevold. I hope I got somewhere close to that. Uh, you were on episode 108 of the Adventures in Angular show last September, talking about web workers. Do you want to say hi? Hey, how's it going? Do you want to just give us a brief introduction? You know, let us know where you're at now and things like that. Yeah. So right now, uh, I, basically, I just started a new job uh, a couple of months ago working for Narwhal. Um, Everybody's going to Narwhal. Yeah. Yeah. So we're working on uh, helping um, enterprise clients uh, do Angular the right way. And, and you know, uh, yeah, like you said, we're growing and, and, and we're having a great time. I think we're up to nine people now. Nice. Yeah, I swear. Every time I talk to somebody new, they're like, oh, I'm at Narwhal now. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so. Now, is Narwhal 100% remote, if I remember right? Yeah, yeah, we all work from home. Like, we're we're uh, in a lot of different places. Uh, you know, some are on the west. Uh, most of us are in California. I'm mm-hmm. in New York, and then Victor's up in Toronto, and then we have people in london too actually so it's uh we're spread uh, we're, we're, we're spread across a large area and time zones but uh we we still are able to communicate well over video chat and 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 slack and, and stuff like that so it, it's working out well cool well on this show we try and capture people's story we try to you know talk about where they came from, how they got into coding, where they're at now, and all of those kinds of things. So uh, let's go ahead and start at the very beginning. How did you get into programming? Right. So I think uh, I was trying to think about that. Uh, I I think it was in high school that I actually started writing some code for the first time. Um, I had bought a book about Visual Basic, which mm-hmm. I think was a pretty good way to start because it, they had like a kind of like a GUI based editor where you could kind of drag and drop controls onto a form and create UIs very quickly and then fill in some code as you learn how to code. Uh, it was super basic back then, but it was probably how I got started. But I didn't get serious until I actually started college where I started, you know, more serious languages like C++ and assembly language for a little bit and even Pascal. It's, mm-hmm. it's been a while since college. So some of these, I was, I was, Work with some of these older languages for a while, but um, it was a good. It gave me like a good foundation, so I'm I'm happy that I kind of went that route. Awesome. So uh, so 
from there, I'm, I'm curious, how did you get into JavaScript or Angular or both? Was uh, it both right, at the yeah. same time or was it one and then the other? It was more gradual. Like I started with, I, I used to resist JavaScript for the longest time. I, I was more of a back-end developer for the longest time. Um, and I really didn't like JavaScript at all. Uh, so then, but then I think around 2010, I started working with something called Knockout JS, which mm-hmm. I really liked. Because it started kind of enforcing some patterns that I was used to from more of my server-side uh, background, you know, where typical like coding patterns like uh, models and views and more clearer separation. And um, so I kind of started working with that. And that was kind of my, my entry into more serious and more complicated JavaScript right. uh, coding. And from there, um, I... At that point, like like Knockout was great for creating like just views and 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 like bound views and and sing, like uh, like independent like views, but not like a whole application, not like a single page app. So then, from there, I went into uh, using something called um, uh, Durandal, which uh-huh. was kind of a, a spa framework uh, that used Knockout, but it added all these other pieces like uh, a router and 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 more like spa features that would, you know, enhance what you could do with just knockout. And after that, I kind of went into um, more like AngularJS uh, coding, which is those two frameworks, like the AngularJS framework and Durandal are kind of similar in their capabilities. So it wasn't, a, the transition was relatively easy. And I think, I think that was around maybe 2013 that I started working with Angular mm-hmm. JS, or I guess we called it Angular. Uh, I guess we just called it Angular One back then, but yep. I guess Ang- Angular JS is the uh, term that they prefer now. That's interesting. Yeah, I remember talking to Rob about Durandal and then Aurelia as it became, and yeah, it's, it's interesting to see where all of these different frameworks have wound up. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, Knockout, I, I don't hear anyone talking about Knockout anymore. In fact, I've talked to some of the Knockout experts that we had on JavaScript Jabber a while back, and they've all moved on to other things. So, Yeah, yeah, I haven't really uh, kept up with that framework, but it was really kind of the framework that kind of got me interested in JavaScript. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like, I really liked the structure because I came from uh, like a .NET background, and, and that uh, framework kind of followed a very similar model to like uh, the... Um, uh, the whole uh, Windows, um, the, pre- the Windows Presentation Foundation, the whole like new, uh, the desktop uh, framework creating um, desktop applications in, in .NET. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've done some work with that and, and also some Silverlight actually. And it, it, it kind of, it followed, followed a very similar pattern to those two frameworks in JavaScript. Right. Um, so, um, but yeah, you're right. I, I don't really know where that framework is at right now and I haven't used it in years, but, um, yeah, you're right. I don't really hear much about it either. Yep. So, I mean, that's interesting too. I, I think a lot of us, um, let me back up cause I, I don't know if that's a fair characterization. Um, I, a lot of us that have been in the community for a while, we all kind of came up through other frameworks. So when I got into web development, you know, we moved from, um, 
from jQuery to Backbone to, you know, something like Knockout or similar, you know, I played with Ember.js and then eventually, you know, somebody got me into Angular and I was like, this is cool. This is, you know, this is kind of the, the, the kind of web development that I like to do. Um, what was it about Angular that made you want to stick around? So I did like the whole experience that they gave you like a framework that you could build a whole app in. And, and it was relatively intuitive, I thought. I, I liked that, uh, uh, at least in the beginning, I, I liked that they kind of made everything a little bit seamless. Like the whole uh, data binding uh, concept where you basically could just work with um, plain JavaScript objects instead of having an explicit kind of kickoff uh of the uh, change detection cycle where, I mean, it, it, they kind of have it like they do this whole dirty checking, right. And other frameworks where you, you have to be more explicit, you have to make like a, uh, apply, like knockout, you do like, I guess, mm -hmm. a, a, like an applied bindings call to say, let's do this or, or have more explicit like functions where instead of assigning a, a vanilla property, your observables, there are functions so that when they're called, you're basically calling things more explicitly so it's like a little different from the way you would normally um apply your values to your properties right which was the only thing i kind of didn't like about knockout was that they had that that con they had this concept of like observable functions more than properties like you would call a function so it'd be a little but it's all about habit but i that was one thing i really liked about knock uh, angular where they kind of hit that part. Oh, although that has its downsides too, but at the same time, at, at least when I was getting, when I was starting out with Angular, I liked that, that they took away that uh, complexity of remembering. Uh, you had to actually declare something as like a ko.observable or, or uh, whatever it was. It's been a while, but I think it was something like that. Yeah. And, um, and I think the other side of it too is it, it there was a really big community behind Angular, so that's also always very helpful when you're starting. You kind of, if you're, if you have some kind of problem, chances are you'll find an example or like a Stack Overflow mm -hmm. answer that helps you along. Whereas, if you're working with a framework that has a much smaller community behind it, you're a little bit more on your own. You know. Yep. So. Um what kinds of things have you done with Angular? I mean, what are the things that you're most proud of? Oh, uh, you're talking about the old or the new now? Uh, either one. Okay, yeah, I think uh, most of the stuff that I'm proud of has happened in the new version. Like, I think it was back in um, 2015 was when I actually got started with the uh, the new version. It was like in the very early alpha stages because, you know, they put out their their uh, builds early on and, and stuff was at a, I mean, it was changing a lot. So it wasn't like the APIs weren't stable, but the code that was pushed for, for every release was pretty stable so that you could still do pretty interesting stuff with it. Um, so what I've done is I've built up like a, um, kind of like a demo project where I kind of try out all kinds of things related to Angular. Like I have a lot of focus on like build systems and, and bundling mm -hmm. and optimizations around that. So I've set up like a pretty extensive demo of how to actually bundle and package up Angular using pretty much any bundler under the sun at this point. And I think that's kind of been a very interesting uh, uh, project for me to work on, like Closure Compiler, 
roll up webpack and all these different some i'm doing some basal work now and i think it's it's a lot of fun to kind of play with those technologies as they're being like some of them aren't like super stable or they're still evolving but it's it's fun to be part of that project i think yeah that's pretty amazing it's funny because we we saw kind of this rapid succession of different ways of doing web frameworks and it seems like everything's kind of settled on sort of the component way of thinking about things and a lot of the ideas around that shadow dom things like that you know angular react and vue all have concepts that are very similar to to those if if not the same and so you know i've been talking to people and i'm like well you know where do we see things moving next you know and and there was some steam that kind of built behind progressive web apps and that's kind of uh, leveled off and it's like okay so you know where are we going next and the next big problem that i see most people struggling with is build and so yeah it's it's fascinating that it's like oh okay well here's how you build with whatever tool you want to build yeah and and i think now in large applications we're seeing seeing like a uh, scalability issue in in the build like the mm -hmm. dev environment basically because it takes so long to to rebuild like for every change that you make uh, so that's where I think Basil will come in and, and help with that and be more incremental so that you only rebuild what you need instead of like the larger app every time. So I, I see a lot of um, need for that in larger projects. Yeah, I also see that that's going to be the next area of training and automation. We see a lot of that with like the CLIs and things, you know, where they have a lot of the build built in. But yeah, yeah. I really think that's going to be the next area where we see movement. Yeah. And it's it's already kind of close now. Uh, you know, uh, Angular team is is kind of is still working out some kinks and and uh, you know establishing some guidelines. But they've come a really long way with with that. And uh, things if you know what you're doing, you can already use it now. But mm -hmm. I mean, there's a little bit of a setup cost and, and learning cost. But I, I think like if you follow those uh, demo projects that the Angular team has put out, uh, you can pretty much do most of the things that you're doing today in a more like a uh, streamlined build, but it, 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 but it is a little bit, there's a little bit of a, a startup learning curve there. Yep. Absolutely. So is, is that kind of what you're working on now or do you have some other projects in the works? Yeah, I've been kind of collaborating a little bit with the uh, Angular team on the basal stuff. We did like a, a hackathon right before Christmas where we, um, Worked a little bit on production builds in Basil, like just did an early prototype of what that might look like in, in like at least one version of it. And then I thought that was actually a really interesting and I learned a lot from that. So that was great. I enjoyed that a lot. It was basically uh, combining roll-up with Basil, like for a production build, which yeah. was, um, was interesting work. That's cool. Now, one other thing that you mentioned uh, at some point, you know, and we, we were talking a little bit about Narwhal. Um, what exactly are you doing there? Is it mostly training and uh, things like that? Or are you into some other areas of Angular with relation to Narwhal? Yeah, so I mainly do client work, consulting. I, 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 I work, I, I'm, right now, I'm, I'm working for a client, helping them uh, set up a project and get that project started. And, and uh, eventually, we'll bring on, um, the, the client will bring on their own uh, people after a while, but we're, we're helping, uh, helping them get things started and, and off to a good start. So, 
that's been, been a, it's been a great project so far. Awesome. So uh, I'm curious because it seems like Narwhal also works pretty closely with the Angular team. Uh, what kinds of things are you looking forward to coming out in Angular? Right. So the, I'm really excited for the basal stuff. Like I mentioned already, that's one of the because that's so related to the stuff that I've been kind of playing with, like build systems and optimizations at that level. And 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 so that's probably right now the the thing that excites me the most. Um, I would say. And, um, yeah, probably, probably that's the most thing. That's the thing that I think will have the most value right. that's coming, uh, coming soon. Very cool. We should get you on, uh, adventures in Angular to talk about Basil. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. We'll, we'll follow up with that after the episode. Um, yeah. the, the last segment of this show is the picks. Uh, do you have some things that you want to shout out about on the show? This episode is sponsored by Linode. Linode is offering listeners of this podcast a $20 credit, which is good for four free months at their lowest plan. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month. You can get your servers in any of their 10 data centers, and their high memory plans start at 16 gigabytes. Get a server running in under a minute. They do hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups, node balancers, long view, etc. VMs for full control, running Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, etc. You can run a private Git server. They provide native SSD storage, 40 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They have 24-7 friendly support, even on holidays, and a seven-day money-back guaranteed. So go check them out at linode.com slash myangularstory. Yeah, I, I, I want to give a shout-out to the, the uh, Angular team and uh particular uh, Alex Eagle who's been kind of owning that whole basal initiative because that's been something that's been going on for a really long time and and I don't think people realize how much work has gone into that yet because they haven't seen it yet but I think when they see it they'll appreciate it a lot so I think he deserves a, a shout out for that so he's been the kind of the I mean definitely many people have been involved but he's been kind of the guy leading it so I think that was uh, he's done a lot of impressive work there Cool. Um, I'm going to do a couple of shout outs here. Um, now, last week I was at CES. And if you listen to all of the My Story shows, you're, you're going to get some CES picks over the next few weeks because uh, I kind of picked the same kinds of things on, on each of the shows. But there wasn't crossover between the guests, so I can get away with it. Um, so uh, anyway, a few of the things that uh, I saw there, actually about 20 or 30, I think I had like 20 videos that I recorded of different things there. So um, definitely check that out. Uh, just go to the, de if you go to YouTube and check out devchat.tv or if you go to devchat.tv slash YouTube, you should be able to find the CES 2018 uh, video uh, playlist. And then you can kind of see what we saw there. Um, I didn't record videos for everything I had. I had uh, battery issues the last uh, day or so. And so uh, some of the stuff uh, I'm getting review units shipped to me and then I'll, you know, I'll be showing that stuff off as I get it. Um, but one of the things that I, uh, anyway, it was kind of a personal, uh, interesting more than anything else was uh, Bluetooth headphones. Um, I've been wanting to go wireless for a while. Um, and so some of the ones that I either saw or got to try out, um, I'm just going to shout out about those and then I'll pick some of the other stuff next time. Um, but I actually bought myself some Apple AirPods because it seems like those are the ones that people are talking about the most in my circles. And I wanted something that was familiar for them to compare it to. 
Um, so yeah, so I'm going to pick them. These are the ones that I've been using probably the most over the last few days, mainly just because they fit nicely in my ears because they just sit in my ears. They don't go into my ear canal. Um, the other two that I did try out do insert into the ear canal, but they have different functionality and different capabilities that I really like. And I'll do a full review on them and you can go watch the videos. Um, but one of them is a pair from crazy baby. Uh, they're, like I said, Bluetooth headphones. They're completely wireless or waterproof and wireless, but they're completely waterproof uh, down to like two meters or six feet, six and a half. Or I don't know. Whatever, whatever two meters is in feet. Um, so I, I think it's almost seven feet. Anyway, um, it it's really, really nice just being able to, uh, you know, uh, go in the water with them. Now, the other ones are splash uh, water resistant. So you know, you can wear them in the rain and stuff. Um, you probably get away with wearing them in the shower. Uh, I don't know if I'd try that with any, but the waterproof ones, but you can. Um, but they, they work really well. Um, so uh, the Crazy Baby ones are waterproof, and they have a lot of the touch gestures that you can do with them. And so I'm, I'm curious to see exactly how they come out. I haven't tried them yet, but um, they're one of the units I'm going to review. And then the other one... Uh, they sent me their, theirs uh, a couple months ago before CES, so I could try them out before I went. And uh, that's the Bragi um, Dash Pro, and they are they are really nice headphones. Um, by the way, the price points on all of these are about the same. I think the AirPods were 130 to 150 bucks. Crazy Baby ones were 130 bucks, um, and I got their Pro Edition, not their. Uh, classic edition or whatever which are $100 and not waterproof um, and then um, and they're not as highly functional either and then you've got the Broggy Pro and those run about $150 $160 bucks. Um, and the Broggy Pro they have all kinds of things that you can do with them so you can you know you can swipe up or swipe down to raise or lower the volume um, which I, I kind of miss on the AirPods they don't have the volume switch on them and um, I need to go look and see what exactly the gestures are because you can tap the AirPods to um, get the Siri Assistant. With the Broggy Pro, you tap the side of your face, actually, and it detects that and brings up Siri. Um, but the thing that I really like about the Broggy Pro, they're a little bit heavier than the other ones, but um, they have a lot more gestures to them, including um, my favorite one, which is if the phone rings and you want to answer it, you just nod your head. And if it rings and you don't want to answer it, you shake your head. And uh, if you shake your head, you know, while it's ringing, then it'll just, it'll disconnect, you know, it'll hang up on them basically, you know, uh, or send them to voicemail, which is actually what it does. But anyway, so it's, it's like hitting the red button, the do not answer button on your phone screen. So anyway, cool stuff. Lots of cool stuff. I, I had a whole bunch of coding toys that teach kids to code that I'm going to be reviewing as well over the next little while. Um, and some AR stuff that was really cool. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, uh, go check out what is available on um, on the devchat.tv YouTube channel. And then, you know, also let me know if there are certain things that you wanted me to cover. Mostly what I covered were uh, IoT stuff. Uh, there was some VR and AR stuff. There were also some video and audio production stuff. And then a few other like healthcare gadgets that were interesting to me because I have family members who have chronic pain or Parkinson's disease and stuff, stuff like that. Um, and I just I just put it all on the on the channel so you can pick and choose if you want. But yeah, if there are things that you want me to cover at these kinds of events, let me know. And that way, next time I go, I can make sure that we see those as well. 
But uh, anyway, um, Tor, if people want to follow you on Twitter or GitHub or see what you're working on these days, what are the best places to do that? Uh, yeah, so I, I, you can follow me on Twitter at, at, at Helgebold. And uh, I have my own uh, GitHub account there too. And, and there's also a link to my blog there. I put a lot of my stuff um, on my blog. So my blog is uh, syntaxsuccess.com. Um, that's probably, that's basically where I document everything I'm working on. And uh, you'll find a lot of, you know, build related stuff and some basal stuff there. So if you're interested in that, uh, check it out there and let me know if you, if you have any questions about the content. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming and sharing your story. Uh, we'll come back at you all with another story next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more. 